And then one of the things I do as far as the, the personal effects in the house, just take a rudimentary video on your cell phone and just walk through the house and just point it in each room and take a look at everything. That's one of the best things you can do to at least say, yeah, here's what the jewelry was, here's what the house looked like, etc., etc. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning. I am Ben George. He is Nick Rosenbauer of Ro- Rosenbauer Law Office. You probably know him, probably may hopefully work with him. But if not, we're here to kind of help you through the estate planning process, make you aware of some estate planning you know, tips, guidelines, You know, just educate you on the process that when our, whenever you sit down and actually build out your estate plan or want to go back and update it, you have a pretty good idea of kind of what you're looking for and, and where to start. So Nick, welcome on. This is our first official podcast of 2021. How do you feel? Well, and it's weird because I was talking to my wife the other day. Um, every year, ever since we got together, we always have a little bit of a Christmas tradition. We will go out to dinner, just the two of us, before the rush. And well, obviously not this year, but normally you go to my family, her family, my extended family, her extended family, um, this, that, and the other. Um, And we always would go out to dinner by ourselves like a couple days before, the weekend before, just quiet, kind of the calm before the storm. And for about the last four years in a row, we've always said, you know, we just, we hope for a, a boring 2017, a boring 2018, a boring 2019, and then a boring 2020. Um, so we, we haven't gotten our wish the last couple of years. <laughs> um, in uh, 2019, obviously, our, our son was born. That was good. Um, so it, it certainly wasn't boring, though. That's for darn sure. Um, and then I think, uh, I mean, my goodness, how many unprecedented times yeah. or what other cliches could I use for, for 2020 here? So we're, I guess I don't know what to hope for, but just... <laughs> You know, back to back to normal or, or normal-ish, uh, I think, is what we're hoping for here. But at the same time, if we can, you know, we were able to, to help a number of people uh, get this taken care of um, in 2020. A lot of other people, you know, had things a heck of a lot worse than we did, you know, had to close down or didn't do as well, things like that. Um, so I guess 2020 was obviously crazy, but uh, it was humbling because there's a lot of people who, you know, are, are not nearly as blessed uh, as we are. So I have to, if nothing else, it grounded me uh, this year, and I think I think that's good. I think that's humbling. Yeah, it's all about perspective, uh, for sure. You know, I think we all dealt with some uh, some difficult times over the past year, but you know, like like you, I'm grateful for where I am and for what I'm able to do day to day. But I think we all just kind of hope things would will be a little more boring in 2021, as you put it, and be able to travel or just go visit people, friends, family, whoever, without worry, you know, all the time. So that's our wish for 2021. I'm sure everybody listening feels the same way. But look, today, 
kind of starting on a, just a little of a down note a, a bit because they're thinking about people passing away. But as you always point out, Nick, this show's about death. I mean, that's why we're here talking estate planning because this is going to happen to everybody eventually. So today we want to talk about what to do after someone passes away. What are your immediate steps following that death? You know, the next steps beyond that and going a little bit further uh, past that. So we're going to try to walk you through that process because it is a difficult time. You're grieving. You know, you're not thinking clearly in a lot of cases. So today we want to just try to make, uh, make it, make it a, get, provide a little more clarity, right, Nick? Absolutely. And then obviously a little more sensitive with what's going on right now to say this, but something that's been said forever and I've found it to be true. Um, we have a lot of situations, it seems like, uh, people pass away after the holidays. And, you know, if it's kind of an end-of-life scenario, from what I've been told, because um, I have a number of uh, clients in the uh, in the medical field uh, who work in, in hospitals, nursing homes, places like that, and they have told me they think the reason is, I guess, people, you know, kind of stick around or hang on for the holidays, if that makes sense, and then you know, I guess maybe a little extra fight in them. They, they want to go through one last Christmas with the family, something to that effect. And I know it's, it's a bit strange, but uh, I've found that to be true. So unfortunately, uh, with everything going on, and obviously with, you know, the craziness and flu season, um, it's probably a good time to talk about it, even though, uh, uh, even though it's maybe not starting the year out on the, the most uplifting note. Right. That's a good way to put it. Uh, well, look, before we get started, let me remind you too, if you want to discuss an estate planner, if you if you have someone in your life that just passed away and you kind of want to work through some of this, reach out to Nick, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That is the website. On the front of the website, you can't miss it. Big button that says request a consultation for my family or schedule a call with Nick. You can do that right there on the website. Uh, very, very simple and, and easy to do and, uh, and, and get that underway. So, all right. So when someone passed away, Nick, let's kind of start from the beginning, right? You know, it happens. Those immediate, I guess, day or two afterwards, kind of what should you be thinking about or what are some of the actions that you need to be taking? Well, and, and the, there's actually going to be some positivity here because you, a lot of the things we'll talk about, people seem to think need to be done immediately, but there's a number of things on this list. Hey, we need to remember to do this right now. A number of things on the list here you have permission to wait. Um, and for those of you who have gone through a death in the family before and you know you were there, you were in the hospital. I know when my, my mother passed away, we're driving down there Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday. No one's getting any sleep. We're just watching the, the monitors and, and everything like that. It's, it's not a good sight. It's not good for anyone. And then you are pretty darn beat up by the end of it, and then more needs to be done. And it's exhausting. But uh, here's the things that absolutely uh, should happen towards the front end. So these are things that you, you want to get done pretty quickly. You want to notify friends and family, obviously, anyone who's out of town, if they're going to be traveling into town, taking off work, or just you know, just, just obviously letting them, them know what happened. That's obviously polite. Um, and then if there have been funeral or burial arrangements that have been pre-made. Uh, so a lot of times people will pre-plan or pre-purchase funeral plots or cemetery plots. Find the paperwork or find the information on that. Uh, you want to do that rather quickly. Or if there is no pre 
arranged. Uh, there's no pre-arrangements that have been put in place. You'll have to plan the funeral and burial arrangements. And, and I know that's probably one of the toughest things to do um, after this whole process, but you know, obviously that has to be done quickly. Um, if you have any sort of a religious affiliation, or the deceased did, and you want to have any sort of a service, you'll also need to uh, notify the church, um, and this usually goes along with the burial and funeral arrangements. Uh, a lot of times they have a grief council or someone who, some volunteers who help walk through that, and plan some sort of funeral mass or what have you. So the burial, funeral arrangements, um, and then, you know, if there's a religious aspect to it, talk to the church as well. Next couple things here are things that the funeral home should be doing for you, but they don't all do it. I'd say about 75% of them do, um, is notify Social Security that the person has passed away. So if someone's receiving Social Security payments, need to notify them they've passed away. I will say that if they receive the next month's Social Security check, it's actually a nightmare to return that. You would be surprised. Oh, really? Um, so that's why that's one of the things we do right away. Now, Funeral homes are getting a heck of a lot better at that. So check with your funeral home. The funeral home should notify Social Security on your behalf, but I would always check with them just for the peace of mind. Also, order death certificates. Usually, the funeral home will do this, and it's part of the package or the features for the funeral and burial that you pick out. Five to ten at a minimum. Depends on how many accounts you have and if they have money at 15 different banks or if everything's consolidated. Minimum of five. I really prefer eight to 10, but you can get more later if you need it. I'd say an absolute minimum. Make sure there's five death certificates. All right, let me, um, let me stop you there, Nick, because I, sure. I, I, I would never have thought about this. It's like This is something I'm not aware of at all. So do you have to submit a death certificate to every account that you that this person has involvement with? Uh, great question. And, and that's down the road, but... But that's um, why you need multiples? Right. So if we have accounts at Merrill Lynch, they're going to need a death certificate to prove that the person's passed away to get the ball rolling on processing mm. that. Okay. Fidelity's also going to need one. Chase Bank's going to need one. You know, the Bank of America's going to need one. The title agency's going to need one for transferring the car. Um, the real estate uh, recorder's office is going to need one to transfer the house. Um, so there's the institutions will. Okay, so if you have right. 10 accounts at Chase Bank, if they're all at Chase Bank, you obviously don't need 10. Um, but at the same time, each institution's going to need one, and there's a few other situations that you will. Um, death certificates aren't cheap. Um, 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, depending on where you live. So I'm not saying go buy... 50 of them. And look, you can always order more if you need to. Um, but I want a minimum of five. Um, and if it were if it were up to me, I'd say get eight to 10. And if we need more, we'll get more, but we'll at least have enough uh, to get most of the things moved and, and get a move on. Okay? okay, So we don't need to deal with them yet, but it's a whole lot easier to order more on the front end than go back and do a separate order on the back end you can do it, okay? So it's not, you only get one shot at this, but the more you have on the front end, the less likely you have to go back and do it again. Okay. Um, let Social Security know, order the death certificates. Again, funeral homes should take care of that for you, but just confirm it. And then you've heard the stories. We need to secure 
the assets we need to secure the property. Make sure the house is locked. Make sure the vehicles are in the garage and the garage doors locked, or if they're outside, make sure the doors are locked. You know, people wouldn't think about this. You know, the, the shed in the backyard, make sure that's locked, especially if no one's living at the house. You never know what could happen. Cars, put them in the garage if you can. If there's valuables or jewelry or cash sitting around in the house, I'd lock that up. I wouldn't leave that on the dresser. You hear all the stories. All of a sudden, something's missing. No one's going to fess up to it. And you know that your sister took all of mom's jewelry and your brother took the stack of $100 bills that are in the drawer. But all they have to say is, nope, don't know what you're talking about. I don't think it was ever there. I've had people never talk to their siblings again over it. So have a safe, something like that, and lock those valuables up. There's perishables in the fridge. And again, a lot of this depends if there's a surviving spouse or someone else still living in the house. If dad still lives in the house and mom just passed away, don't throw away all the food. But if anything's going to be unattended or someone's not living there, you know, make sure we look at the perishables. Make sure someone's taking care of the house, the lawn. You know, it doesn't need to look perfect like the, uh, the golf course lawn, but, you know, we don't want the whole place to fall into disrepair. And then one of the things I do as far as the, the personal effects in the house, just take a rudimentary video on your cell phone and just walk through the house and just point it in each room and take a look at everything. That's one of the best things you can do to at least say, yeah, here's what the jewelry was, here's what the house looked like, et cetera, et cetera. It takes you about two minutes to do as opposed to trying to take pictures and remember everything. So sometimes take a vid- phone and just video walk through the house. If there's any pets, make sure there's some temporary arrangements made for their care so the, you know, the cat isn't just stuck inside and you know, starves to death. If there's any mail, make sure that that gets forwarded to someone's house who's living there and assisting with their affairs. Again, this is assuming that there's not someone still living at the house. And if the person was still working, obviously make sure to notify the employer as well. Okay, so notify everyone, the burial and funeral arrangements, social security, the death certificates, protect all the assets and the property, take care of the pets forward the mail, and if someone was still employed, make sure that their employer knows. Okay, so those are the things that need to get done in the immediate aftermath, probably before you really get a chance to rest. But the other items here, apart from that, everything we're going to talk about after this does not need to be done in the first 48 hours. Okay, so that's a pretty full list, I mean, already. Uh, from the from the first uh, couple of days there. So um, I would recommend probably going back through this again and listen, it would probably be very helpful, but let's progress on to the next step. So I guess this is kind of after maybe the funeral, the burial, and maybe even taking a few minutes to just collect yourself and just step away and, and breathe for a minute after everything you've already had to go through, uh, not just with the grieving, but also those action steps that you provided the first uh, part of this, you know, just taking a step away from it all and just relaxing for a minute and just trying to gather yourself. So you're exactly right. Once, and this is not something we sit on for three months here, but it doesn't need to be done in the first 48 hours. So after the burial, the funeral, you've at least had a minute to breathe, take a deep breath, we start looking for things and we start notifying the professionals at this point. So if there's any sort of estate planning documents, and for your sake, I certainly hope there are, will, trust, some sort of plan, find that. 
begin doing a at least a basic inventory of the accounts, the assets. One of the best ways to do it is to just watch the mail for the next couple months. If you get a bank statement from Chase Bank, then we know that Chase Bank has, uh, we have some accounts there. I think that's going to get harder as years go by, as more of these institutions are pushing you to do online statements. And actually, a lot of places are now charging a fee if you want the old school paper statements. So that's going to be harder than 10 years ago when everything came in the mail. All you had to do was check the mail for three months and you knew of everything. Um, so this may include checking the person's email. So so maybe just email and regular mail and begin tallying up. We got some bank accounts, find the house deed, retirement accounts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just start to get an idea of what we're dealing with. Also, begin making a list of all the bills that need to be paid uh, as they come in. And again, usually the bills, most of the time those are in the mail. People are starting to get e-bills and automatic payments for that as well. So a lot of the bills that need to be paid, if you have access to online banking, just logging in and checking uh, a monthly credit card statement or a monthly bank statement, you should be able to see all the bills that got paid last month. So use that as a cheat sheet. Start canceling things that we don't need anymore. The decedent's cell phone, the cable package, any monthly subscriptions, Netflix, things like that. Um, and then once that's done, I, I, would, I would at least contact the estate attorney. You don't need to have the meeting right away, but I would notify the attorney within a couple weeks of the death for a couple reasons. One, to let them know so they can update their file. Two, some people are of the mindset this is going to bother them until they get in and talk to the attorney. And those people, all right, it'll make you feel better if we meet with you sooner. Some people, that's not the case. But if you're one of those people who it's going to haunt you until you have the meeting and get your questions answered, and get it done, make yourself feel better. But I would at least contact the estate attorney. If they don't have an estate plan at all, so they don't have an attorney, or if the attorney's MIA, or retired or something like that, then then look for another estate attorney that you trust. Okay, someone who specializes in this and knows what they're doing. I've actually had a number of clients call me about plans, you know, for their parents or their siblings, and we're able to help with that. And just because they they know me and the other attorney never talked to them or maybe retired twenty years ago. Also, another number of people who you don't necessarily need to meet with right away but it's a good idea to notify them and see what needs to be done. Talk to the financial advisor, talk to the insurance agent, talk to the accountant. Okay, so just let them know. And if there's something specific or some sort of impending deadline or something's about to renew, they can let you know what needs to be done or what doesn't need to be done. And then also, this is kind of a pro tip, contact the three major credit reporting agencies. Uh, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, to let them know that the person's passed away. It's a bit of an identity theft protection because people will actually, you know, steal identities of deceased people. That that happens more often than you realized. And um, so one of the good things there is let all three of them know the person's passed away. They'll probably need a photocopy of the death certificate. And then also just the close the credit card accounts. Usually you let them know they've passed away and it'll stop the late fees or the interest charges uh, on anything 
you know, that hasn't been paid yet. And also it should hopefully stop payment on the Netflix uh, account or things like that. So that's one easy way to stop all those payments just by canceling the credit card. Okay, so that's probably the next steps here. Doesn't need to be day one, but not something you want to sit on too long. It's a special group of people that uh, steal the identities of uh, people that just passed away. I'll tell you that. Your senior that's, note. That's, that's a nice a, way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh well, you got to protect yourself. Uh, so that's that's good to know. But just hate thinking about that. All right, let's go to the uh, the final part of this discussion. And these are the things now that our guests aren't quite as pressing, right, Nick? That aren't you know you don't have to get done in the first couple of weeks. They can maybe wait a little bit longer. Yeah, it needs to be done, but doesn't need to be done today. So when I talk to families after one of my clients has passed away, I say, here's what we need to do when you're ready. So you want the family to meet with the estate attorney, review the documents, review the statements, review the assets, and the attorney should at least go through who is in charge, what the plan looks like, if there's any issues, any deadlines, or, you know, a lot of times, here's what happens if there's no will or I've, I've looked through a lot of plans that were complete junk, and I say, here's the problems we're going to have. So at least let you know what you're up against. And look, if things are simple and pre-planned and set up the right way ahead of time, a lot of times, if the attorney gives a good explanation of what the job description may or may not be, you'll run into a situation where a good, competent trustee or something like that can handle this on their own. If it's a mess, if it's complex, um, if there's problems, if it wasn't done right, usually, and I know this is self-serving, usually you want to look at having the attorney help the executor uh, or the trustee handle the estate. So it's not always quite cut and dry and clear and easy. Um, and you can get into a lot of trouble uh, if you try this at home and it's something that's that's rather complex. But again, a good estate attorney will be able to read through everything, look at the paperwork, look at the documents, look at the assets, look at the plan, and say, here's how it needs to play out. Here's who's in charge. Here's what needs to be done. And then they should be able to give a very good picture of what needs to happen. And then hopefully enough to where the family knows if it's a piece of cake, whether or not they can handle it themselves. So again, I, I tell people when you're ready, anywhere up from a month after the person's passed away, I've had people say, I'm not ready yet, and we don't meet for two or three months. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. As long as we are contacted in the last stage, maybe maybe within a couple weeks, if there's any emergencies, we'll tell them over the phone. And if there's not, I say, we're okay. Let's maybe set an appointment out for a couple months from now. Okay. Well, that's a pretty complete list, and I'm glad you took us through that. Nick, it's nothing we want to think about, um, but being prepared and kind of have this uh, kind of a game plan is very helpful because I think it's you know it's going to be difficult to try to remember these things or try to sort through these things without this assistance. So, And just a quick reminder, too, if someone, you know, if someone passes away, they don't have an estate attorney, and, this fam- and the family's kind of looking for some help on some of these things, do you work with those people that um, – that are, are kind of, I wouldn't say lost, but kind of need some direction? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. My office has helped a number of families um, after someone's passed away, even if we didn't write the original plan. So we have helped a number of people who, who get plans done other places, usually way out of date, 
Um, sometimes pretty good. Um, that's a, but I've had a lot of things where people had a plan done a long time ago by some attorney who's retired, isn't alive anymore, never contacted them, or they didn't have an attorney, or they had a plan done when they were in a different state and then they moved here and never got it updated, or the old attorney, you know, is in New Jersey or something like that. Um, so we can always help whether it's a plan we did or not. Um, you know, it might be, require a little more investigation on our part to see what was done and make sure it was done right. But uh, yeah, I, I would say probably a third of the estate work that we do after someone's passed away is our clients, you know, bringing us or fa- our local families bringing us plans that were done by someone else. So that's that's actually a pretty significant portion uh, of the work we do. So if okay. uh, and especially if if I have clients who they have a relationship with me, they don't even know the attorney who drafted the crummy documents for their parents 37 years ago. <laughs> right. They say, Nick, I'd rather talk to you. I know, you know, I know you can help take care of this, and I at least know who you are. It's good to have a familiar face when you're going through a very tough situation like this. That Now's not the time to be dealing with strangers if you can avoid it. Absolutely. Well, if you need some help, uh, you can always contact Nick, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That is the website. We'll have this episode up there as well if you want to go back through it, plus other estate planning resources. A lot of different planning kits and guides are accessible on the website as well, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. If you want to call Nick's office directly, though, uh, office is there in Westchester as well. It's 513-463-6788. Eight nine. So, man, kicking off the year on on this note, Nick. But uh, again, it's important, and I think you know, as you pointed out, the holidays can be difficult for a lot of people. And and uh, having this list and kind of a, a guide to to lead them through a lot of these different elements because it's very it'd be very easy to overlook a couple of these things. I think, and uh, so I think this is very valuable, and hopefully, some people get some help out of it. Well, absolutely. And the person who has to pick up the pieces after someone's passed away, and look, I've been there. Okay, I was there, you know, to help out with my family. My dad, when my mother passed away, I hadn't slept in four days. I felt like I just got hit by a truck. You're just laying there in the hospital, miserable. I'll be honest with you. There was one night I got lost driving from the hospital back to my own house. Oh wow! So that shows you what kind of state of mind I was in. And I've heard very, very often I hear stories like that. Just at some point, you just don't have it in you. So the more of a checklist, the more of a guide, the more help that you have when you're in a situation like that and you're, you, know, you don't need anything more on your plate. You need someone else to take things off of the plate. So this is just a little thing to help out with when you know, you're exhausted, you're scared, you're obviously devastated at the loss. Um, so just have something there that'll help out. And hopefully this helps people understand at least the things that need to be done right away and the things that you have permission to wait and at least take a breath on. Absolutely. So thanks for listening to this episode of Complete Estate Planning. Again, for more resources, more information, visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Also, please hit subscribe to the podcast, wherever, wherever it is you listen, and we'll have another episode coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll look forward to talking to you then. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.